0: This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 82 of the DTV Digest. Yes, we're finally back. Uh, the last episode we recorded was back in February the 17th, I believe, and hopefully, uh, listening to this, you will have seen that episode online. Um, lots of things have been happening in the meantime. I've changed jobs, been to Australia, and uh, moved house, and just generally sort of struggled to get back into the swing of things. Um, so yeah, a, a long break, but but we're back. We're back and we're bad.
0: Of course, episode. Of course, for our listeners, it's a mere blip.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure because, it is, uh, yeah. Because it's uh, only uh, the, episode's
0: only, the episode's only just gone online. Yeah, <laughs> so true. <that's right>,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's kind of like Ant-Man in Endgame, but there you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we've just come out of the quantum realm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you know what, yeah. Exactly. How are you, Rich, anyway?
0: I'm just dandy, thank you very much. There's been so much going on in the world of DTV. It's been hugely exciting.
1: It has indeed, and this week we have a whole bumper crop of stuff to look at. We've got not one, but two Keanu Reeves movies. Uh, We've got Siberia and Replicas. Um, We'll be talking about those later. Also, we'll be looking at the long ingestation uh, Iron Sky 2, The Coming Race, as well as our throwback film, which is going to be Snowpiercer, starring the likes of Chris Evans. Uh, on top of that, we also have a short-starring um, up-and-coming martial arts extraordinaire Jean-Paul Lee, and we have our usual features of the coming soon and washing up. But before we get into all of that, let's go over to Rich with the DTV chart.
0: Yes, that's right. We're back with the DTV chart. for uh, This is uh, the chart that was been, has been published today on the uh, 12th of May uh, uh, 20, 2019, obviously, and uh, we we didn't quite have ten this week. We've got nine. It's been a, it's been a bumper uh, road roller coaster over the last few weeks. But uh, there's uh, some big hitters in there. So just going to kick right off. Uh, we're not going to say too much about this first one because we're going to be talking about it later. It's number nine. It's Siberia. Cool. Uh, so going to move straight on to number eight, which is the Russian film Furious.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this one. Uh, I saw the trailer uh, not too long ago. Um, I, I was quite surprised to find that it is a literal translation of the, of the Russian title as well. Right, um, okay. But, but it looks like a really good um, sort of fantasy movie. Uh, I definitely think we should check it out.
0: And moving on to number seven. Now, this is an exciting one because uh, it, it's... It's really not the kind of film you would expect to say this but this is the, probably the biggest DTV hit of the year uh, so far and it'll it be a hard one to beat. It's The Haunting of Bawley Rectory, a little a low budget uh, British horror film from director Stephen M Smith. It's been hanging around in the chart for 11 weeks.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, it's, very impressive and that sort of, that tells you how long we've been off air as well I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this yeah, it came
0: out on the third of. Uh, it was released on the third of March, and it's mm. just been up and down around the uh, top one hundred uh, ever since then. It's actually gone up this week. It was at ninety uh, in the top one hundred. It was at ninety last week, mm. and it's shot back up to seventy six. So um, it, I, I cannot explain this film's success.
1: I think we need to investigate, mate. Uh, have, <laughs> have you ever actually been to Borley?
0: uh no i don't know i know that the subject has been covered before in in one or two other films
1: yeah um i have i've popped over there once because I, I was curious you know i mean if if you don't know Borley, and especially the the old rectory, which uh, burned down um is um considered to be the most haunted place in england um there are sort of numerous sightings of numerous different sorts of supernatural uh things going on there um, I, I never saw anything myself, but um, going into the sort of small church that's in the village, you know, you, you do sort of pick up a very sort of eerie atmosphere from it. Um, yeah, I've, I think we need to take a look at this film and see, and see um, you know, what, what's what's keeping it in the charts.
0: I, I'm not sure whether, the, whether it's actually, I mean, I've checked some of the reviews that people mm. have been posting and they're all saying it's not very good, basically, in words mm. to that effect. Uh, and I asked Dave Wayne, I said, well, what, do you think it is? He, he, he thinks it's to, he, that people are just into hauntings kind yeah. of stuff yeah. at the moment. And it's, it's like a popular trend and, you know, it's sitting there in the supermarket and people are just taking a punt. Uh, whether they're enjoying it on, say, from the reviews that I've seen, most people aren't enjoying it, but, you know, give it a fair crack of the whip. Who knows? Could be the best thing we've, we've, uh, we see all year. So, um, certainly must be worth a look. So we're going to move on now to number six, which is the latest uh, DC animated movie. It's Justice League versus the Fatal Five.
1: It's interesting, um, because I was obviously just, um, you know, reviewing our previous episode. Mm. And in the top five then was another DC Universe animated movie, which I think right. was Reign of Supermen. So it sort of oh, kinda right, tells yeah. you, you know, the sort of the prolific nature of this um, this, this They're project. churning them They're, out. They do churn yeah. them out, but they, yeah. they they are of a very good quality. They 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 knock their um, sort of theatrical live action versions to six, basically. Mm, absolutely, uh, they, they are much more enjoyable. So yeah, uh, keep keep on coming, DC animated.
0: Uh, number five is probably the biggest budget uh, movie on the list. It's uh, it was a big hit when it was released uh, on demand or or subscription uh, video on demand last year, uh, and it's recently had its DVD release, it's Annihilation.
1: Anni- oh, the... Um, uh, Natalie Portman.
0: Natalie Portman, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from uh, Alex Garland. Yeah. So yeah. still still, still on Netflix, uh, incidentally, and uh, doing very well in the DVD charts. It has was a
1: very interesting film. It was, you know... It, um, I know some people sort of didn't like it, but, but it it probably didn't like it because it was so different, I think.
0: Yeah, this is the sixth week. It's been in the charts, so that's Good. that's that's pretty amazing. Uh, considering, say, for the cost of buying it,
1: hmm.
0: you could get a month. You could just get, get a, a subscription and, and watch it. So, <laughs> so people. I'm mean, I'm guessing this is probably people who really enjoyed it on Netflix as well and just really want to get a copy on Blu-ray or something. Sure. So So, um, number four, uh, another film we're going to be talking about in a bit. It's Replicas. So we'll move on to the next one, which is, again, another film we're going to be talking about. It's Iron Sky, The Coming Race. That's at number three. And at number two uh, is... Now, this is an interesting one because I did not expect this to to chart so high. This is The Guard of Auschwitz, which is another... It's like a low-budget drama, kind of from the guard's point of view, I believe. And this is, according to the chart, it's higher than Holmes and Watson. Good question. the, yeah, Will Will um, the
1: Will Ferrell one, yeah. So, yeah, so, so um, I'm just sort of um, taking a punt here, Rich. Does does the DVD cover for the, this um, happen to have A, a Nazi flag, B, a Spitfire, or C, a tank on it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, th- I, I, I wish I had the cover in front of me to be able to say. The, um, I know it, the, the thing that stood out for me was that it, it was n- not the most eye-catching artwork. It was yeah. kind of a, 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 an, uh, a, an officer standing in the foreground. Uh, let me see if I can... What was that uh, called
1: again? The Last...
0: The Guard of Auschwitz. The Guard of Auschwitz. Yeah, so that is uh, here. Let's have just have a quick look up. And it's it's out from High Flyers, and the cover is on its way. a you...
1: Okay, so the, the IMDB cover is quite low-key. Uh, I'm just going to call up Amazon and see what the High Flyers cover looks like. Because they tend to be a little bit different.
0: Yeah, so they've gone for a an image of the guard standing over like ashes and corpses and stuff, mm. basically, with the crematoriums in the background.
1: Very similar so, sort of um, shot, yeah. Yeah,
0: kind of a reflective-looking uh, thing. It's... Uh, the, 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 the the weird thing is it, it says on the front a companion piece to Schindler's List. Well, it's not a companion piece. You could you could consider it as a companion piece, but it's not yeah. a companion piece. No, I'm pretty <laughs> it's, sure that's has it, it's though, got nothing I've to said, do with yeah.
1: Never intended it to be. Yeah.
0: No. So uh, a bit uh, that's uh, so based on shocking true events, obviously.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or <laughs> terrifying. All the deniers will be up there. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. The um, high flyers cover is on. Uh, uh, yeah.
0: And uh, as an aside, I've just noticed that there's another film, funnily enough, from the same director, uh, called The Angel of Auschwitz, which is all, uh, coming out in July.
1: Bloody
0: hell! Yeah, so it's definitely it's the same uh, director, Terry Coker. So I'm not sure what's, oh, what's right. going on there. So sounds interesting. The two of these movies. I, I, I'm not sure. I think um, God of Auschwitz was is like a couple of years old. So it's just sort of finally making its way. Yeah,
1: it's. Um it says 2018
0: on the IMDb. Oh, I think the... uh, So, yeah, so that's done very well for itself. Uh, Its position in the top 100 was 13. Uh, One one placement higher than Holmes and Watson with the Will Ferrell uh, comedy. So, yeah, quite amazing. Right, moving on to number one, another big hitter. Uh, This had a uh, sort of day and date VOD uh, and cinema. Release. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the vanishing with Gerard Butler. Oh
1: right, yeah. This this looks quite good. Um, this is about three guys working a lighthouse mm-hmm. who um, discover like a wreck or something, and there's a suitcase full of money or something along those lines. And it's, it's kind of like a treasure of Sierra Madre kind of situation. And then some other people, you know, come onto the island looking for it. Um, yeah, I, I I think this could be pretty decent. I'm looking forward to catching this.
0: Yeah, it did. Um, it was. It's got who was it? Uh, Peter Mallon, That's it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 So the yeah it looks really appealing. It's, it's uh, what's that? The, the second lighthouse movie we've had in a while. What was the other yeah. one? Cold, uh, skin? Cold skin. Yeah, that
1: was. Cool. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed that.
0: Different kind of movie, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so a very interesting uh, week, and uh, you know, it's uh, the DTV world is thriving. So let's see what next week has in store for us. And that's the DTV chart for this week.
1: It's time for the coming soon section, everybody. And this week we have eight trailers to look at, Um, which was just telling me there are loads and loads of trailers coming out. Um, And he's not wrong, basically. And we're going to just dive straight in. Uh, This is a film called Scarlet Cross Agents of Death. D with a, you know, letters, D-E-A-T-H, whatever that stands for.
0: Like S.H.I.E.L.D. Like Agents exactly. of S.H.I.E.L.D. Thank you very
1: much. Yes, thank you. you dug me out of a hole. Um, yes, it, Scarlet Cross Agents of Death. This is probably the lowest budget film on the list, but that doesn't mean it's the worst. Um, in this one, we, we start off with a young blonde lady who uh, seems to sort of accept the fact that she's dying after being some sort of ordeal. And Ends up being an agent of death. Cue uh, lots of fighting, lots of blood and guts going on, um, and, and a very interesting soundtrack as well. I do like the look of this.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's not much of a trailer because it kind of turns from a trailer into just kind of a promo. It
1: does, yeah. With, and, and with and like that's, a... why, that's why I actually sort of switched it off about forty seconds in. You know, uh-huh. I thought I thought you've shown me enough. I want to see it, but I, I can see the way this is going. It's more, you know, it's more of a sort of showreel sort of thing. Yeah, showreel. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: This is a this has been going. It's a project that's been going on for quite a long time. so very low budget. I think the guy's name's Dean Meadows, who's put it together. Uh, the the last trailer that came out for this, uh, or you know, teaser for it, was mm-hmm. about two years ago. So it's it's been really quiet for a very long time. But on the basis of this, you know, there's a lot if they've not completed shooting they must be nearly done because there's there's a lot of different uh, lot of different scenes in this with um, mm. you know they've really put the effort in with the action i think so this will be definitely something we need to look at.
1: absolutely okay moving on to our next film it is kiss kiss in this one a bunch of women are coerced into um, taking part in a bikini clad fight to the death competition uh, judging from the trailer, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I think we've come across something like this before, like Raw. Um, you know, they're, they're sort of, the sort the more decent version would be something like Lady Death. What was it called now? The Amy Johnson. Lady Blood Yeah. Lady Bloodfire. I think they said yeah. Lady Death Strike or something. But yeah, um, you know, we, we've kind of come across this sort of thing before. It, it didn't grab me that much. It looked a bit overly sort of exploitative. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Not, we're, we're, you know, I'm sure a few of these will come along, and then we'll review all of them together.
0: Yeah, it doesn't look awfully sleazy, all things nice. considered, no. but it does sort of seem that kind of way. I mean, this is the kind of thing you, you could... I mean, they did, I think, like... Uh, I've seen a few films like this in the past. Mm. Uh, they don't usually make uh, them like this. Or anything. But there's like two of these, I think, at the moment, but this is kind of the more... The more exploitative of the one. The other one was uh, something with Casper uh, Van Dien in it. i seem to recall. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That actually looked quite good. Well yeah. the, Well, the fact that Casper Van Dien was in it sort of, per, you know, piqued my interest at the time. I seem to remember. But we'll we'll put it on the back burner. We'll, we'll uh, you know, if 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 it keep if, an eye out for it, if, we? Exactly. If it turns up on Netflix or whatever, or we, we'll, we'll see what happens. Moving on to something called Division Nineteen. Now, Rich. Um, cast your mind back uh, I'm pretty sure we reviewed a film it might have been from South America um, no it was, I think it was French <laughs> that's a bit of a jump in it for South America to France um, it was a futuristic dystopian future film about a fighter um, being given some sort of enhancements to, to sort of keep fighting does that ring any bells?
0: It does sound familiar but I've, I've seen a few things like that so yeah, <laughs> I, well, can't I can't right, think of the
1: that's, that's what reminded me of this film so so this is very much it's it's kind of a bit like the running man um mixed with others uh, mixed with the ideas from the um death race films you know yeah. so using inmates for um public entertainment yeah. uh, fighting to the death and all that sort of thing and then we got one guy who manages to sort of break away um fool the system and become yeah, well, an even bigger sort of um uh sort of icon for the public yeah. um it's it's it is low budget but at the same time I, I think what they've done looks looks pretty decent
0: yeah I'm interested I, I, it's quite, I found it a bit little bit forgettable uh, and it's not too it's not distinctive enough but that whole, whole you know running man kind of element you know interests me hmm. um, we you know the, the whole fighting for entertainment you know that kind of you know reminds me a bit of you know that like the tournament the death one we watched the yeah. Russian thing that oh, was yeah. quite that was you know that was the same kind of thing again but it had like its own quirky imprint on it with the dancing theme and stuff which yeah. I which I quite like but um, yeah uh, say so the um, not not I mean there was there wasn't really anybody I noticed in this hmm. you know that was a particularly famous so it's quite a low budget but it seemed to have the visual effects aspect kind of sorted quite well uh, for the yeah. for the futuristic settings and that but you know as we've noticed in a, in a few films actually. Um, the CGI is so accessible now that people use it in pretty much any budget.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's move on to Hollow Point. Um, It's about time on this list that Luke Goss turned up. Um, He should be on every sort of coming soon list at some point. Um, In fact, I I thought I heard his voice in that Division Nineteen trailer. Um, I think it was just somebody else. But Luke Goss, um, of Bros fame, of course, uh, is, is sort of you know, had a second career as a, um, a very sort of stalwart uh, DTV action star. Uh, in this one, he plays a cop who's also jobbing as a vigilante, uh, going after people who've managed to sort of beat the system, and sort of teams up with um, a man whose daughter was kidnapped, or I, I forget. Um, but anyway, yeah, this this looks sort of very middle of the road, sort of boilerplate action stuff from uh, Luke Goss.
0: Yeah, not it's. So, Kind of bland. Like, it was kind of, it's got some fairly good people in it, but the the guy who's the second, the second main character, or the or almost the main character really, but he's he's an unknown uh, as far as I'm aware. So it's that's quite an unusual combination. With uh, I can't remember what his name was. Let me just check. I'm just looking out. It's from, the film's directed by Daniel Zerilli, who I think did The Asian Connection with uh, oh, Steven Seagal yeah. yeah. which I actually quite enjoyed. Yeah. So this has got yeah Dylan Jay. Or Dylan J, uh, but it also features Bill Duke, uh, the mighty oh, Bill right. Duke. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, Michael Pare, uh, Roger Roger Guinverne Smith, who was uh, who's done a few things. I think he was in like a Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing or something like that, and more recently stuff like uh, Steven Seagal's Mercenary for Justice with Luke Goss. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so uh, second, another Luke Goss collaboration there, uh, and. The one that really surprised me when the credits came up, Jay Moore, who's a really? com- sort yeah, of a comedy him, yeah. guy, who was in things like Small Soldiers and hmm. uh, uh, Jim Abrams' Mafia, The Spoof, with Lloyd Bridges, and that uh, in the nineties, and that he just looks so different now. <laughs> so, uh, he's, I haven't seen him in anything for quite a while, but he, yeah. he's kind of a bit like um, Dennis Leary's in that he's he kind of turns up in all sorts of different places. It's kind right. of quite unusual. So that's quite, and he looks quite tough in, in this, which is not, not the kind of thing I used to say. He's, got, he, he's like aged and seems to have gone bald and stuff. Anyway, and we've got Juju Chan, who I'm not overly familiar with. Uh, she is a...
1: Yeah, uh, I, I know the name. But can't, can't ah,
0: she, she was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny. Oh,
1: right. And, the Amazon Prime one.
0: She, yeah, uh, she no, had a Netflix. a Netflix. Netflix one, yeah. Uh, she had, and she was in Savage Dog. I think she oh, had the right. big. I think she had a much bigger role in *Savage Dog. and she's yeah. also in stuff like *Invisible Dragon* and uh, cool. *Assassins*, a, a TV series. On. So she's an, a star on the rise, it appears. And uh, uh, yeah, good cast, but yeah, that, that theme, uh, you know, it's just not grabbing me. It's a bit like there was another *Luke Goss* film that turned up on Netflix recently with Michael Jai White, uh, *The Hard Way*.
1: Yes, uh, I watched that. Have you seen it?
0: No. How was it?
1: It's fun. Um, it's ob- it's very very obvious who the bad guy is, um, but there are some very fun scenes in it. Um, you know, just watching Michael J. White is, is, is you know good enough really. Yeah. Does he get to do
0: some good action scenes? Oh, he yeah, does.
1: Yeah, his, his action style scenes are pretty pretty decent. Um, the rest of it is quite middling. You know, but, but yeah, it's fun. It's a fun job. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Uh, what's
1: next? What is next? Okay, so next we've got Message Man. Um, this is where, where is this set? Somewhere in Asia, isn't it? It's I
0: think it's Thailand. Thailand. I think.
1: So we have our sort of um, ex special forces operative trying to hide out, try, you know, trying to get rid of his past. Um, ends up getting sucked into a running battle with with some pirates who happen to sort of keep coming ashore and and wrecking this village. So you know he happened to. Luckily, he's got a, um, a certain set of skills which he can uh, rely on, uh, but unfortunately, obviously, you know, popping his head over the parapet brings him to the attention of his superiors.
0: Doesn't it always?
1: Doesn't it always? Um, still, I'm a sucker for this kind of film. <laughs> Looks <laughs> uh, good, doesn't it? it? It does look pretty decent. Um, you know, unknown cast, but it, you know, u- using a lot of locals, it, it should be pretty decent, I think.
0: This is—I uh, was wrong. It's Indonesia.
1: Oh,
0: really? yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, the—it looks like it's a co-production between Australia, the UK, the United Arab Emirates, and Indonesia, uh, according to the to the um, uh, IMDb page. Really great poster, grabbed my attention, and uh, I'd heard some you know good buzz about it. Uh, and when I watched the trailer, I was just like, because oh. this is already available in the states, all right, uh, to watch on VOD. So. The, um, I was just really hoping, would it drop on the same day? And, uh, so I've been keeping an eye out for it. and I haven't been able to find it just yet, but hopefully we might not have to wait too long.
1: It's an interesting aspect ratio they've used for the trailer as well. It's, it's, it's quite different to everything else which, which is on YouTube at the moment, mm-hmm. which is yeah, eye-catching. Right, moving on. Uh, we've got two, not one, but two Scott Ekin movies um, to look at. Uh the first one is called Abduction. Um now this has got a very weird premise. Uh Scott Atkins plays a guy who wakes up from a coma after 30 years. Um after, after finding out that his daughter had gone missing in, in Vietnam. Um it turns out there might be aliens involved. Um, <laughs> Andy On plays a um an assassin whose wife has been um abducted by the same people. And somewhere along the line, these two guys' paths are going to cross and hopefully work together to take down some aliens who've got special magic powers and shit. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you, you, whatever this turns out to be, you cannot deny the quality of Mr. Atkins in this.
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, it looks like a lesser Atkins movie. Uh, have,
1: but I think, you know, he, he's got a quite... Between this and the other film, he's got very different looks and a very yeah. oh, act, yeah. and a very different acting style. You Absolutely. Know, um, you know, this this isn't a one-note guy. He he you know he really can act. He can really sort of develop characters. Um, and, and even just from this trailer, you can see he's playing very different people in both of these films. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I'm really interested to see this more so than um, oh, what was the the, the one with the space prison called again?
0: Uh, it
1: hasn't come lot, out yet. Oh, oh yeah, uh, incoming. Incoming, yeah. I mean, um, I'm pretty sure that Scott would like that one buried, and I, and <laughs> I wouldn't blame him. Um, you know, not not his fault. It's just that it's, it's one of those sort of doesn't really have the budget kind of movies. Um, but but this looks a lot of fun. Some sort of pretty decent effects work going on in it, and, and of course the action is is, yeah. um, is looks great.
0: And this one comes from Roger Corman. Uh, So he's an executive producer on this, so that's quite interesting. And uh, so the star, main stars of this are are Scott and Andy On, who doesn't make many uh, English language movies. Usually, Uh, he's not. He's he's a star in uh, China. Uh, Now, can you one English language movie he did do? Can you remember the film that he made first with Scott Atkins? What's the first film they did together? I'm going to take a punt and say Black Mass 2. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, in that film, um, as uh, some people might remember, On was the lead. He took over from Jet Li mm-hmm. in recreating that role for a, a very strange sequel that was not entirely continuous with the first film and also uh, was shot in English. So it was very, it's very weird. And had people like Tobin Bell and loads of wrestlers in it, and uh, Tracy Lords as well. It's like kind of an X Men ripoff, basically. Uh-huh. But uh, Scott Atkins was the villain in that. You couldn't recognise him because he's wearing a big costume and stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's uh, and directed by Yun wu Ping. So yes. that's a, that's a real curiosity that yeah, film. And like if, if anybody hasn't seen it, highly recommend you check it out. And uh, yeah, so it's it's quite good to see Andy on doing a, a an American film, basically. What is, what is this? Uh, for, you know, for Mr. Corman uh, and uh, hopefully, ta- sort of taking him to a wider audience. He's done some really, really good stuff. Uh, so this might, you know, people who seen him in this, they might go and check out some of the other, some of those other movies. Absolutely.
1: So this is directed by um, Ernie Barbarash, who's done quite a few uh, films. He, he did the Saint TV movie a couple of years ago, which is on Netflix. Um, he also did um, one of Van Damme's better recent ones, A so Pound of Flesh but also one of Michael J. White's best films, which is Falcon Rising.
0: Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that. He also did um, Scott Atkins and Van Damme in Assassination Games. That's
1: right, he did, yeah. So, so he's 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 got a pretty decent pedigree, um, this guy. Um, so, yeah, Six Bullets is another one of his. That's another Van Damme mm. one, I think. Yeah, it is, um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's uh, picked up some, some some good films for his his resume there.
0: I watched the, uh, funnily enough, I was watching the Jean-Claude Van Damme Behind closed doors documentary series recently, and that and that was filmed around the time that he was making what was then called Weapon with Scott Mm. Atkins, and there's an inter and there's like an little interviewee bit with with Scott Atkins, and they clearly don't they didn't know each other
1: Mm. at
0: that time, and like you you sort of see how far their relationship has come, you know, it's like. that Scott Atkins has worked with him so many times since then.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's quite interesting to sort of go back to that Genesis point and see that original fight scene that they did together. You know, behind the scenes.
1: Yeah. So, um so he's worked with, you know, only Barbarash before, um, but he also worked a lot now with Jesse V. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um now I, I watched um um, the debt collector with my dad when we were in Australia recently because you know, he, he hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. And it. He he loved it as well, but he fell asleep towards the end, and I had to tell him, <sighs> I had to tell him afterwards what had happened, you know. And he's like, "Oh, bloody! Hell, I'm glad I didn't see the ending now." <laughs> 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 you know, which is kind of my sentiments exactly. But um, so oh. Jesse V. Johnson, um, you know, a very there. good um, action director. He's worked with him now about five times, I believe. So, yeah. uh, Accident Man, Savage Dog, um, help me out, the to Collector, Triple Threat,
0: um,
1: and now this. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think so. That pretty yeah. much brings it up because they hadn't worked together for you know until very recently. Yeah. You and know, until and,
1: and Accident Man. Yeah. No, no, no until, until I think Savage Dog. Savage Dog, Savage Dog was yeah. their first one. Um, yeah, but, um, yes, yeah, so what we're talking no, about. No, sorry,
0: I apologize. No, I think, uh, actually, um, Scott Atkins appeared in some of Jesse Johnson's earlier films.
1: He he was in Pit Fighter.
0: Yeah, and, like, so they, they met and worked together, you know, when,
1: mm.
0: when, uh, Atkins was not a star yet, you know, he no, was right, coming. Yeah. So this is kind of, then getting back together was like a real, you know, great thing to finally happen because yeah. uh, you know Jesse Johnson's been around he's been around for absolutely ages and he's yeah. worked with so many people including uh, basically making giving Don dragon Wilson the best career opportunity he'd ever had <laughs> uh, uh, getting to make uh, what, what was the film that he did the last Sentinel? Yeah, yeah. Lost Sentinel and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, so a very diverse director, very very clever guy, very nice guy. Hmm. And th- they are a dream team, I think, uh, Scott Atkins and Jesse Johnson. They've, yeah. they've just really With... produced some really great stuff. And, you know, before it was all about Scott Atkins and Isaac Florentine. Hmm. And the, the dynamic between them, you know, the movies that they make and the the movies that Scott and Jesse are making, so different. It just really oh, yeah. showed the range that, that, that Atkins has.
1: Absolutely. So, what film are we even talking about? It's called Avengement. And, yes. and, and you know, again, this is a, a kind of film that Scott has never done before. Um, so, Scott plays one of two brothers. Who's the other brother played by Rich?
0: I believe it's Craig Fairbrass. It's
1: fucking Craig Fairbrass, <laughs> you cunt. Yeah. So, <laughs> this has got a great cast. Um, not only are the, you know, has it got Fairbrass, his brother, you've also got. Thomas Turgus, who is was in um, This Is England. He, yeah. he was the young skinhead in that. I'm pretty sure he must be growing up by now. Um, oh, yeah. Nick Moran, of course, is in there. Luke LaFontaine. Uh, Mark Strange. Good to see him in, um, sort of getting more be- better roles. Uh, Louis Mandelor. Louis Mandelor is going to be interesting um, to see what kind of accent he's going to come up with in this. Um, mm because, as we know, he's Australian.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I got Although I always of... thought he was American. Exactly. <laughs> he's, he's always played Americans. Until he's, played, he's played
1: a character called Detective O'Hara in this one. I can't wait. <laughs> I really can't. Um, also, in this is Bo Fowler, um, the director and star of an, a short called Express Delivery. Um, I don't know if you. I think you have seen that, only Rich. I think we covered it in one of our short specials.
0: I honestly can't remember. I think. I think. I. I don't think I have. Because right. uh, I think I was looking him up recently, and because I remember we. He was at the Fighting Spirit. Yeah. Film festival, and I didn't know him at the time, and then I was watching. Or well, not know him, you know. I met him, but I didn't I know of him, and then we were watching. Uh, uh, Vengeance or I am Vengeance, wherever you are, uh, and he was, and he's in that, and. Uh, and so then I put two or two together, and I was sort of looking him up for some of the other stuff that he's done. But yeah, I, I, um, it's a great. It, it is a really good cast. I mean, hmm. I, love, I like the fact that Nick Moran's in it. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, it's a nice sort of throwback to a callback, even to um, uh, Accident Man as well. Hmm. So yes, um, Avengement. This is a really gritty looking, sort of sort of mix of sort of London gangster slash prison movie. Uh, there's a scene where Scott gets. Curb stamped in his in his cell and ends up with like metal teeth as a result. Um, mm. so, so so this is pretty, you know, pretty gritty, pretty sort of bloodthirsty film by the looks of it. It's um, yeah a, a a total different direction for both uh, Scott and Jesse for that matter.
0: I I literally can't wait to see it. It's yeah. one we don't have to wait a huge amount of time for, which is brilliant oh, yeah. because the because yeah. the. The release for the UK is already set. You know, uh, it, We've got Triple Threat going to be following it in like a month's time afterwards, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so we, we're getting lots of good stuff uh, at the moment from Mr. Atkins, uh, fortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, Jesse Johnson's got another film lined up already called Legion Max, and hopefully we'll yeah. see that in the not-too-distant future as well. Yeah,
1: another outing for Mr. Mandalore in
0: that one as well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, there's like, they're like a
0: little club now. It is,
1: yeah. Yeah. Just produce all these. You're all the director; and just sitting around the table going, you know, with a few beers, going, "Well, what should we make next then? You know. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, have you had a chance to watch Battle Drone yet?
0: I have not. to not my shame. It's yeah. just I'm just so busy with trying to fit everything in, and it's, it's kind of keeps, you know, other stuff keeps coming out, and Battle Drone unfortunately slides down the list. But uh, I, I do really want to see it. I
1: must admit, since moving, you know, moving into the flat and sort of start my new job. This has probably been the slowest period for me watching films um, ever. You know, I, I just haven't had the time which is a shame, but um, slowly getting back into the hang of actually sitting down and you know, putting something on. Anyway, that's enough about us, that's enough about the <laughs> coming soon section.
0: What about Critters?
1: <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> okay. Our last film is Critters. No, it's called Critters Attack. Um, now, Rich, when was the last Critters movie? Back it in was... The
0: 90s? Yeah, not, not, I think it was
1: 1994.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we've been waiting like 25, 20 years plus.
1: Sure. I mean, but the, know, I remember the first film. I, I never watched any of the sequels.
0: No! Come on! you got to see them. I mean, you know, who who's... Who's the most famous person in the Critters movie? You must know. Um, he wasn't He wasn't famous at the time.
1: No, I don't.
0: No. Leonardo DiCaprio. You're kidding. Which one? No. He made his film debut in Critters 3. Oh, shit. And who was in Critters 4? Uh, no, you lost me. Angela Bassett, who went on to play Tina Turner and uh, many other uh, incredible roles. Uh, the... The, the the Critters movies have had some great people involved, and one of which was Dee Wallace, who was in the first film, and she's back. She's back again for uh, what is essentially Critters Five, although we're not sure if it's a uh, it, it's a reboot or a, a straight sequel because their character name seems to be different. But God, I mean, I've been waiting to see a new Critters movie for so long, and the weird thing is, this the trailer for this has come like about a month after a new Critters. TV series dropped on Shudder, yeah, yeah called Critters: uh, A New Binge or The New Binge, which is completely unrelated to this, and is was kind of a reinvention kind of thing. It, it, I've, I've seen a couple of reviews that said it wasn't that great, but mm. so two completely different Critters projects coming to the fore at around the same time <laughs> this year is really unlikely.
1: Yeah, did we ever did we cover a short? That was we, did. we did. We awesome. did.
0: We covered a fan film. Yeah.
1: Fan film. Yeah, that was actually really good. It was. Um, okay, so this, so this actually does look good. This, um, it's it's in the sort of style of the Leprechaun reboot. I, I, I feel. Um, yeah, So
0: this has come. It's kind of the same thing. It's be, it's getting a DVD release and everything, and it looks like a standard DTV movie. But the primary mark, the the, the primary thing they're putting it out on first is like the Sci-Fi Channel.
1: Right. So.
0: They did it with uh, Jeepers Creepers three, and as you say, Leprechaun Returns, and they're kind of going back to the well of all these older movies and, and sort of making new entries. And this yeah. is a very this is a very welcome film as far as I'm concerned yeah. because and, I love and the and
1: it. It looks great. It does look great. It, you know, it looks quite sort of bloodthirsty as well. You know, um, lots of people getting chomped and eaten by, by the critters. You know, it, it's not it's not going down the Gremlins route of trying to be too cute. You know these these things have teeth. Although um, there is there is a
0: cute one though, isn't there?
1: Yes, that's right. Actually. A
0: cute but a cute but very deadly one.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is kind of different because because I was kind of waiting to see if the bounty hunters turn up. Yeah, uh, um, I sorry? don't know if
0: they will in this. They do they do in the TV series, but I'm not no. sure about what's going to happen with this one. The guy, so this is directed by a guy called Bobby Miller. He made a short film called Tub, which I haven't seen, and he's uh, this seems to be like his first. Uh, big feature uh, as a director. Uh, his previous he previously did a film called The Cleanse in, in 2016. But has done a lot of shorts and some TV work. So you know he, he's experienced enough to handle the material. He probably mm. is quite affectionate for it. Uh, Anna, oh, the, the film that he was in before had Anna Friel in it. You oh, okay. There. Yeah, Johnny Galecki and Anna, Anna Friel. So that was um, the ma- the Master Cleanse or the Cleanse yeah. uh, at. Uh, yeah, but you know, a complete departure, it seems, because that's kind of more of a drama and he's just going for full on kind of carnage uh, yeah. and fun, you know, and comedy in, in, in this one. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. I have no idea when it's going to come out over here, but the, the DVD, I think, is due out quite quite soon in the, in the States.
1: Our first review this week is Iron Sky, The Coming Race. Yes, we finally get to see the sequel to Iron Sky. Uh, if you remember, the first one started with Nazis being um, invading from the dark side of the moon, um, not realising that the war has ended and things have moved on quite significantly. But uh, they make a good job of it and send the rest of us packing. Uh, Iron Sky Two starts with the remains of the human race stuck in, of all places, the Nazis' moon base. Um, but food's running out, and they're sort of looking for answers. Um, and along comes Udo Kier, who tells them that actually those Nazis weren't human; they were a lizard race of aliens who had landed on the planet Earth back in dinosaur era. Fiddled about with a uh, monkey DNA, and lo and behold, there comes the human race, and they have the, this cure, which could help sort of power um, their civilization um, for decades and some millennia to come. So, a feisty young woman um, called Obi, and two of her friends, a, a Russian pilot and um, bodybuilder, uh, head to Earth to try and find this Holy Grail literally the Holy Grail in the centre of the Earth where this race of um, dinosaurs slash human hybrids are living um, and being ruled by none other than um, alien slash dinosaur slash human hybrid Adolf Hitler. Right. <laughs> are you with me so far?
0: That all right. sounds very convoluted.
1: <laughs> it does. On top of that on, on the uh, the moon base there is a cult called the Jobsians. Uh, Say that again. The Jobsians.
0: The Jobsians. Okay. Mm.
1: So, so they, they, their whole cult is based on um, Steve Jobs and Apple.
0: Oh. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, um, you know, and there's lots of jokes about upgrades and. Um, you know, sort of end user certificates, and you know, all all this sort of stuff going on. Um, refreshingly, there's no mention of well, one. No, there's there's no parody of Trump. Um, probably because when this script was written and the filming started, Trump <laughs> wasn't even in power.
0: Yeah, I think was it like four or five years ago. <laughs> yeah.
1: So the film starts with um, sort of the, the American president, who's a you know, a parody of um, Waterface. I had this earlier. Um, the senator of not Alaska.
0: Hillary. Oh, Sarah Palin.
1: Sarah Palin. So, you know, that, that sort of gives you an idea of where where things were where, when, when they started doing this. Um, yes, yeah, so, so the Sarah Palin sort of parody is the leader of the. Um, the West. Then you've got this sort of Vladimir Putin guy, who um, obviously leading Russia, but in fact they're both these alien hybrid people and they sort of disappear into their lairs. Um, once things actually get going, this is really good, but it does take a while to sort of settle down. You know, there's, there are a lot of sort of plot elements and sort of things going on to get the pieces in line before they could actually sort of start the actual Main mission of, of of going to find this um, this Holy Grail. Um, effects wise, these guys have outdone themselves. You know, I thought the model work in Iron Sky was really good. Uh, they, they've done a lot of work on this, not not just things like the dinosaurs, uh, spaceships, you know, things crashing into other things, um, just sort of the you know the various living quarters you come across. It looks really good. Um, you know, it's it's they've taken a long time to get there, but you know that extra bit of polish they've managed to sort of add to this film is, um, I think, has definitely been worthwhile.
0: I never saw the original. I haven't. I, I haven't seen either film. But I haven't. I, so I haven't seen uh, Iron Sky, even though it was much faded. Uh, uh, lots of people talking about it, but I did see the director's first film, which was a Star Trek parody called Star Wreck in the Pekinning or Peckinning, or something like that. I've
1: never seen that one.
0: But that was notable for, you know, it was low-budget, sort of fan-filmy kind of quality, but the, the, the visual effects for the space battle scenes, and, yeah. you know, the, the spaceship stuff was, you know, you know ex- extremely good um, from, you know, and that kind of, from that, you know, kind of get... So what you're saying with the visual effects and everything... Is exactly kind of what I would expect mm. from from the director who did that and I think the, the effects in I Arns- you say they did model work and stuff in Iron Arns- sky as well yeah, as yeah,
1: yeah. so it's, it's a mix yeah um, <laughs> you know it's very much sort of space 99 space 1999 kind of kind of style of stuff um, yeah I, I thoroughly recommend this um, be a bit patient with it as it starts going there's a lot of some sort of, narration and things set in the scene um, but it looks great overall and you know the, the three main leads are really good I and mean, you know the likes of vudo Kier, of course and um, whoever plays alien hitler um it's a lot of fun as well
0: the the um, poster is really good i mean the stuff like the you know riding a dinosaur hmm. and that we you know in the in the intervening years we've seen some of these ideas coming across in films like kung fury and you know even what you were saying about going into the Center of the Earth and stuff like that. the Asylum sort of ripped the that off straight there. away with that. <laughs> yeah. They did with um, which what was essentially their Iron Sky yeah. cash Mar- 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 in the Mar- center of the Earth, cent- yeah. The yeah. Earth. yeah. <laughs> so, which I'm sure wasn't as fun. But the next, uh, the next, um, Iron Sky is already like in post production, apparently. I think we even did looked at the trailer for it a while back called um, The Ark, um, which is yeah.
1: because, um, the way this ends is with sort of the remaining characters on a, on a space arc heading towards Mars. Mm-hmm. And then there's a good sort of sting at the end to give you an idea what, what's, what's waiting for them. Um, oh.
0: So, so yeah, no, it's,
1: it's, it's a good sort of quirky little series of films that they're developing here.
0: Yeah. And the, and the next one's got Andy Garcia in it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty cool. Uh, so I don't know. What, I, I don't know what roles he's playing, but um, yeah, I, I'm very. I would say I really need to catch up on uh, both the, uh, the Iron Sky movies because yeah. uh, this is just the sort of crazy. Um, you know, be, I'm really su- actually because um, Iron Sky had a cinema release, so I, I was really surprised that this didn't get a wide cinema release. It has been getting. Uh,
1: um, it did get a spoiler, requested screenings. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah so be, people can. They could go onto this website and request to have a special screening of the film. So there was right. basically yeah. prints yeah, going if, around If enough, the country. If enough, if fans
1: in a particular area sort of voted, then you know they, they would show it in that particular area.
0: Yeah, so I'm surprised. It's a shame that uh, you know a distributor, a, a distributor didn't. Pick it up for a broader release. I'm not sure if it, who
1: did. I, who I can did kind of see why. You know, as I said, there's a lot of narration, a lot, a lot of scene, se- scene setting at the beginning, um, and, and if you know, you do kind of need to have seen the first film to sort of get a grip of where things are, and you probably need to have seen the first film recently um, right. to, to get a good grip of. You know, when it starts, I was, I was lost. I was like, yeah. aliens? What? When, how? Ah. <laughs> you know? ah.
0: That's a tough sell, isn't it? You know, it well, is. Yeah. You, that's, a, that's kind of a, a mistake to try and rely so much on the the, the familiarity with the first film, and especially when you're you know, pushing the boat out and possibly trying to reach out for a bigger audience.
1: Indeed, yeah. But I enjoyed it, um, eventually, especially the sort of second half of it once the mission get, gets going. Um, there are some sort of funny lines in it, um, but it's, it's not the funniest film I've seen this week. That's one of the other ones we'll be talking about later on. Um, But anyway, uh, I'm going to give this one... uh, I don't want to give it a 7, I don't want to give it a 6, so I'm going to split it. I'm giving this a a (music) 6.5. Our next review is Siberia, starring Keanu Reeves as an American diamond trader who's um, set up a very dodgy deal with a Russian um, mobster. Um, and when he gets to Moscow, he finds out that his partner has disappeared. His partner was carrying the um, the diamonds that they were supposed to be selling. So Keanu's getting pretty agitated, as is his buyer, um, who's, who's starting to lose his patience. Um, the film and Keanu's uh, tra- tracks to Siberia, um, which is the last place he, he knew his partner was, um, where he. Ends up having a bit of a fling with a local um, cafe owner and trying to get to the bottom of what's going on. Uh, so this is a it's a very measured-paced film, quite stark at times. Um, I think it sort of suits uh, Keanu Reeves' sort of style of delivery. Um, and, you know, there's, there's long scenes where he, he can just sort of sit uh, and and stare out into space or stare at somebody without having to say anything. Uh, and and the, so, he smoulders. He does, yeah. I mean, the, the film is able to sort of carry that quite well. What do you think? Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> you know, the film's it's got this kind of retro vibe to it, which is kind hmm. of interesting. But the, the it's kind of only a part. It's only partially that retro vibe. It's kind of. Uses it in the score, which is mm. very uh, old-fashioned. Yes, yeah, string in cool the textile, isn't it? Sort of... Yeah, mm. and the opening, the opening titles when the title comes up, I swear Keanu Reeves' name comes up twice because I'm sure it says Keanu Reeves in the first part of the credits, and then when the actual title comes up, it says Keanu Reeves again. But the which was I thought was a bit strange, but the because they do all the credits and then main titles sort of come up at the end mm. uh, in a very uh, Saul Bass kind of way. I would have. Sort yeah, you know like um, yeah, yeah. Sort of an Alfred Hitchcock kind of vibe you get kind of from the whole thing. There is
1: yeah, the, a bit of um, point blank sort of style, isn't it as well?
0: Yeah, yeah. See what you're saying. And the so the film itself is not particularly stylish. Also, although, although say the music is, um, it's a mixture of mystery and crime and romance, uh, with sort of the emphasis falling on the romance uh, for the, for the most part.
1: Can you, call uh, it the romance romance? Can you call it romance? Well, it is,
0: I mean it, well it is a romance. I mean it's a bit of a sort of a dark romance, yeah. that you sort of, well, uh sort of stuff. There's some there's some strong sexual scenes, so I will sort of mention that from the fore, uh, which I wasn't expecting and the um things get a bit ooh, uncomfortable, shall we say, uh, as the romance develops and there are Things that happen in the story that challenge the uh, the re- the relationship.
1: It's probably probably
0: the nice way to put yeah. it. As 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 the young lady t- sort of discovers how deep into the uh, you know deep in the hole uh, her new her but, new lover is.
1: But you know, to be fair to Keanu, he did tell her to stay behind. <laughs> He did well, stay at a hotel because it, yeah. it's too dangerous. Well, How yes. How dangerous could it be? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's that's a very interesting aspect to, to the film. Is you know, he kind of got her involved in what he was doing. Uh, almost, he's he's almost upfront with her about the fact that he's kind of using her to yeah. ferry, you know, to get something to him at that point. At that point in the story. Yeah. And then expect her to just sort of start, sit back. And she's kind of a, she's a tough, you know, girl, try, you yeah. know, thinks she can hold her own. And this court sort of is a real wake up call for her. And so it's a very interesting, you know, moment. It's yeah. a very interesting thing to happen mm. for, her, for her character. And it's something you don't, you wouldn't normally see in any kind of movie. I just, you know, for me, it was also, it was a bit too, it was a bit too un, uh, uneasy. Um, yeah. I wasn't overly satisfied with basically the film as a whole in terms of the, the mystery and stuff. It was all intentionally vague. And when the sort of resolution part, you know, the explanations come, they're not particularly satisfying and that it doesn't kind of know what it wants to be. But that sort of fits with the style of the film. You know, it's not a contemporary style thriller. They're trying to be like something that was made during the Cold War. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, I think it's
1: okay. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, it, it's not, you know, I mean, the trailer tried to make, make it out to be an action scene. You know, there is a, a shootout at the end of the film. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's it, basically. That's, that's the only time anything really, you know, violent happens other than that particular scene we've just been discussing. Um, it's. So what,
0: what for you is the most interesting thing
1: about this movie? Um, I I just like Keanu in it basically. I thought, I thought he carried it really well. Um, you know, the, the sort of things he does that you know his, his sort of trade craft and things like that that come across really well. Mm. Uh, how he gets himself out of situations. Um, you know, I, I, I like the photography. That was that was really good. The story, as you say, I mean, you know, the the premise is really good, but it kind of just goes nowhere.
0: Yeah, some yeah, of, say some of it's really nice. I mean, it's set. It, I think they shot it in Canada, but it's a lot of it's set in Russia. And I thought all the Russian uh, characters were really engaging. The sort of the the brother yeah, of exactly, the yeah. and and his mates and you know the sort of trouble and you know her, you know her character. She's a uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, she. What her name is now? Mm. But she, she's she's um, yeah, she's uh, I think she's a Romanian actress, uh, yeah. uh, but. Uh, Oh, Veronica Ferris was in it uh, as well. Do you do you remember? You know when he walks into the hotel.
1: Hotel, yeah, the concierge. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you do you recognise her? Because I did, and I was watching. I was thinking, I know we've seen her in something, uh, and it was uh, Salt and Fire. Oh, She. Right. Yeah. She yeah. was. She was the lead in that. The lead in that. Mad as fat shit film. <laughs> Uh, and and the guy who plays uh, Boris Volkov, the Russian, he was in uh, a good day, to, uh, a good day to die hard. Uh, oh. So he was like the Russian. He was one of the characters, one of the Russian bad guys in that. So I've seen him in two or three things uh, recently. But yeah, I quite liked him. Um, but for me, the most interesting thing was the incongruous appearance of Molly Ringwald.
1: Molly Ringwald, indeed. Who I like, oh. Yeah, playing his wife, wasn't she? I think.
0: But he was playing his wife. She's like in two very short be, scenes. Yeah.
1: Awesome. I haven't seen her in anything.
0: So it's kind of like, well, that's that bit. It's <laughs> like why, why she was in it, I don't know. Hmm. But, uh, so it was quite nice to see her. I mean, why shouldn't she be in it is a good question to say as well. But yeah. it's like, yeah, I think because um, she and uh, Keanu, have, to my knowledge, they've not worked together before. So it's not like, yeah. a, oh, he wanted to work with her again or anything like that. But uh, yeah, she, so you don't see her around very much since the what '90s. Yeah, and so you right. know she kind of had a she had a teen career, and then it was like her a B movies period where she was playing psychopaths and stuff, and uh, and then she, we don't really see her much. So that was quite nice. So I was, I was curious, I'm in. I was interested in the film because of her more than Keanu. But say sadly, she's not in it very much. But indeed, yeah. But yeah, so this is uh, this was. Uh, another film that was released in cinemas as well as kind of VOD, mm. and then eventually came out on DVD. Has done very well. Uh, now it's also on Netflix.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: So um, plenty of plenty of places to see it.
1: Yeah. I think the most annoying part of this film is we hear about another Russian mobster um, who, it turns out, his his um, his business partner is is trying to avoid, and we never get to see him. You know, it's it's a complete red herring to the story, um, which is you know we, we get to see as associates at certain points, uh, but it's um yes yeah, it's, it's kind of like a missed opportunity in a, in a lot of ways, but I don't know I I I still kind of liked it overall. What are you going to score it, Rich?
0: I am going to score it a six.
1: Funny enough, so am I. Our next review is Replicas. This is another Keanu Reeves film, but instead of playing a diamond merchant, he's playing a... What would you say he's playing? Brain surgeon? Artificial Uh, intelligence guy? Uh,
0: mad scientist.
1: Mad scientist is probably a good one. (laughs) So, uh, he's uh, playing a character called Will Foster, uh, he's got a beautiful family, lovely wife, three kids, um... And everything's looking up from apart from his work, where he's trying to download a person, a dead person's brain, into a robot. Um, this doesn't go particularly well, um, and the robot freaks out and kills itself uh, right in front of him. So it's back to the drawing board for Mister Will Foster and his friend, um, you know, with his boss breathing down his neck. Uh, he thinks it's a great time to go on vacation, um, borrowing a boat from his friend Ed, and on the way down, on this rain-soaked road in the middle of the night, uh, he has an accident, and all of his family get killed in one fell swoop. Uh, I thought this was overkill, personally. Um, now, <laughs> Rich, um, you know, if your best friend ever to- if you've got a best friend at work and he um, came to you and said, look, my whole family's just died, bring the equipment from work, uh, we're going to set up, we're going to download their brains, <laughs> Um, and, and oh, by the way, I need you to get rid of their bodies. For me. <laughs> oh, and, and we're going to make clones out of them. Um, you know, they do say that you know, for your, your best friend is someone who'll bury a body for you. But even so, I think this is a stretch. He's you know? not his best friend, though. It's they they actually, they a actually refer
0: work, to it right? a couple of points. You know, yeah. we're not friends. You know, I have just kind of worked with you. <laughs> just kind
1: of work with you. That's right. Yeah. So it's a bit of an, a bit of a stretch. Um, he goes out on a limb. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, or does he, as we find out later on? But anyway, um, this takes a great premise and then just makes it into a misery fest. You know, it's so miserable for so much of this film. There's um, this whole horrible Sophie's Choice moment where, you know, he's got four dead family members but only three cubes, oh, to, yeah, to, oh. these three pods, to uh, make clones out of. And he has to make this heart wrenching decision of who does he not clone, you know. And he tries to get Ed to do it, and Ed's like, "Fuck off, mate! You know, I'm already de- burying bodies for you. You, you. you sort this one out on yourself." Um, you know, I didn't. I didn't mind
0: that. I, was, uh, I, th- I actually thought that sort of added some weight to it because otherwise it was just a complete get out of jail free card. Sort of. Oh, you can just it have it a quick duo of, and sort it, it all out.
1: Kind of, yeah, but. Um, I, you know, I thought it went on a long time, but I did like Keanu's um, emoting in that particular scene. You know, you, you could see the uh, the stress and the emotion of it on his face. Um, you know, he, he he really did sell it. He really did. You know, he think he really had made this decision. <laughs> you know, a, um, he didn't think he was actually acting. Um, but yeah, so you got this sort of mad scientist element. Going on, you know, it's quite funny that um, they sort of throw themselves into this situation, and then realize all the issues that are going to come up. Like, oh yeah, um, you, you need a backup generator. Uh, I don't have one. It's the middle of the night, you know, all this sort of stuff going on.
0: Oh, what about their cell phones and whatever? Because they've been missing things. Like oh that, yeah,
1: yeah. All, That have to be
0: for a smart man. He's very stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, he's, he's grieving and that, so you know, fair oh, enough. Yeah.
1: Um. So yeah, the middle part of the film is is a bit weird, and then sort of the end of it, you get this sort of thriller element. Yeah, full in. on thriller yeah. yeah. Um. Overall, I like this. This is it's a weird sort of cheesy mix of melodrama and you know sort of TV movie of the week on on the, um sort of Lifetime Channel or something. You know, you can almost hear the Simon Bates um our tune music in the background at times because it's you know it's so maudlin. Um, but yeah, and there's this really funny bit where, like, there's a knock on the door and he goes and answers and there's these two police officers and they're going, somebody's been stealing car batteries out of everyone's cars in the (laughs) neighbourhood. And he sort of shuts the door and he's like, uh, okay, well that happened. (laughs) And gets back to work. Um. Yeah, no, I th- I thought it was quite funny at times. Um,
0: it, it it is silly. Yeah. It, it it is. Uh, I thought it carried itself quite well for the mo- for the mo- for the most part. Yes. I mean, it does, it does sort of venture into you know very r- ridiculous territory, and you know with a completely straight face. Mm.
1: Um,
0: yeah, I, was, I mean, especially when the kind of thriller element kicked in, I thought the the staging of it, you know, went from one thing to sort of it kept it fresh. It kept doing yeah. something different rather than because we've seen you know. Cloning movies and you know uh, Difficult decision movies and that before I mean what is this If not a variation on uh, Reanimator basically yeah. uh, You know we've, we've seen scientists You know you know, do, uh, Trying to bring back their loved ones uh, uh, You know dozens of times So you know this is a whole kind of Frankenstein Variation so it made me think of things like uh, The lawnmower man and uh, <laughs> Stuff as well You know just sort of you know techno you know, hmm. thrillers and stuff was kind of what I was getting out
1: yeah,
0: um, yeah. But, yeah, um, I mean,
1: we've... we've yeah. it, was, it was quite a funny seeing Keanu, um, having to do all this sort of, you know, CGI screen stuff again, you know, sort of almost like Minority Report, and I'm thinking, hmm. how long ago was Johnny Mnemonic now? Because when he's wearing that sort of headset thing, it's like... Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, oh, the bit with the eye.
1: What the hell? Yeah, he, yeah. Does,
0: he doesn't He does even scream.
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah. That was a bit.
0: That was that was probably the most ridiculous aspect of the movie. Like he's he's locked himself away. He's just do, doing this in the toilets, <laughs> whatever, yeah, yeah. and right. and he's and he's hurting himself quite severely, uh, and uh, without wishing to spoil anything. But the yeah, and he just doesn't make a sound. So he comes out to do oh oh, you look a bit strange then. And then it goes a bit funny at the end, and there's a whole iRobot robot. Element. That's the other. That's the other thing. You know, you see this. You see the robot that he's working with. Which, because the subplot. So, the main plot of the movie is he's, you know, his family and trying to bring them back and trying to keep it secret and trying to look after them and make sure they, you know, that it all goes according to plan, Mm. uh, while also having his work life sort of falling around his ears and you know trying to sort out the, um, the, yeah, solve the problem that he's having at work, Uh, and that sort of is the motivator for the sort of uh, final part of the movie but the that is where where we start is with that experiment hmm. failing uh, with the robot that looks like it's basically taken out of irobot
1: <laughs> yeah it's very similar i think the film gets a little bit bogged down in the details um early on but having said that when they actually sort of work out what went wrong and how to fix it i thought that was a pretty decent bit of clever writing
0: some of yeah, I think you're you're right. I think the the science fiction element, some of it is really um, decently thought out. Hmm. I think the you know the reveal and uh, of, of, you know what what is wrong with his algorithms and stuff, and it's it's articulated very well.
1: Yes, that's right. Um, overall, what are you going to score it? Uh,
0: well, I. I really enjoy I did enjoy it but uh not you know not m- enough to say oh you you must see this movie or anything so i'm kind of just above where I was with Siberia to be honest so i'm on a seven
1: a seven yeah i I'm, again i'm I'm the same with you this is um it's a fun film it's not to be taken seriously at all um, the the director of this um, Jeffrey Nukmanov, his, um, he's got a good pedigree of, of doing stuff on, um, on TV. He was involved in Chicago PD, very good series. Uh, Legends, which I think is the uh, Sean Bean series, where he was an undercover agent. Uh, Hostages, which unfortunately is not the Iranian version, but anyway. Um, yeah, so, so, so the Israeli version, even. But yeah, he, he's done pretty decent sort of stuff in the past.
0: He also directed. Uh, I think it's either his first or his second film was called Traitor with Don Cheadle.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah,
0: which uh, which w- is was probably most uh, noted at the time for having a screen that being a serious film, basically sort of linked around terrorism and that, mm. but co-written by Steve Martin. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> and weird. Uh, yeah. that's weird, yeah. So guy, that was like guy. I think that was another film that got a DTV release, to mm. be honest. But that was quite decent, I thought. Um, yeah. You know, and that was 2008. So he's, he's, you know, he's he's not done that many features. Hmm. Uh, say so this is probably only like his second or third. But as you say, he's been very busy with uh, with the TV work.
1: Yeah. So you know, this isn't this isn't all out action or anything like that. This is you know, it's a drama with sci-fi elements. Um, so yeah, go, go into it sort of you know a bit cautiously. But, but what about it, that,
0: What about that ending?
1: yeah that was freaky <laughs> it know? sort
0: of it sort of takes a real turn right counts, at the end of, yeah. it's like a real uh, twist in the tail kind
1: of it really does actually yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's it's interesting where it ends up um but I, but i liked it i must admit i did i did like it, it
0: but that was kind of like oh come on <laughs> so, <laughs> i was like really sort of of it i mean some of the the, the conclusion before the you know the end bit, the, mm-hmm. the sort of suspenseful. That was kind of a bit. Oh, that's oh, okay. Yeah, that's
1: right. <laughs> Fair
0: enough. But the uh, but then that sort of weird twist. Is, uh, it was quite amusing. So the whole film is it's, it's really serious.
1: Yeah, it's really funny, days, but it is funny at the same time. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I really like the guy who played the bad guy. Actually,
1: mm. the
0: um, the boss. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought I I did like him. I've seen him in a couple of other things, but I don't know his name. But he's, he's he was. He was more forceful than I thought he, the, than initially he seemed that he was going to come across. Yeah. So so yeah, I enjoyed that. I thought the performance and the setting was because I think it was what was it? Buenos Aires or something that it's set in. That's right.
1: Yeah.
0: Which I, I thought gave a sort of an interesting dynamic. It's got a, uh, a unique kind of feel for where it's set. You know, it's, it's not in the United States or, or anything. So yeah, it's got enough to recommend it, I think. And Keanu Reeves is always good value, I think. I think sure. he's good. Definitely. Oh, and Alice Eve. Well,
1: it seems good. She's yes, she is. Yes, she comes across really well. So at sevens all round for replicas. It's time for our short shot. And this week we're looking at The Division, uh, starring and directed by none other than Jean-Paul Lee, uh, the up-and-coming star of the likes of Night Shooters and other, oh, uh, Jailbreak, of course. Um, so in this one uh, Jean-Paul plays a cop who with his partner are tracking down a nefarious criminal, Um, there are double crosses and um, big stakes let's start again Um, there are double crosses and big stakes uh, to be sorted out and some very very good action as well Um, so this is about 30 minutes long
0: Yeah, about
1: twenty-seven. Yeah, yeah, twenty-seven minutes long. I think it's a bit too long, to be perfectly honest. Um, And it it does have its sort of dead spots. Um, There is sort of something quite funny happens towards the end, which I'll get on to. But the main fight sequence, which happens in the warehouse, is uh, it's very much inspired by the guys who are behind John Wick, Mm -hmm. and they do a very, very good. Imitation of that style. The camera work, the yeah. editing, um,
0: and the visual effects, the
1: visual effects, the coordination, the choreography are really good. Um, it's, it's a really long extended sequence where Jean Pauline is his partner. I can't remember the actor,
0: uh, uh, Laurent flancel
1: Yeah, a French guy, uh, you know. It's it's just so so good. Um, you know the the camera is almost part of the action, but without any shaky camera, or any stupid thing like that. It's 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 very much kind of what they did with Jailbreak as well. You know um, you got these sort of big fight scenes going on, and the camera is able to sort of move and weave in between and just find the right spot for whatever's coming its way. Um, the choreography is really good. There are some long takes. It's not all one take. That'd be ridiculous. Because um, you know, obviously they're using the same stunt guys over and over again. You know, put a different mask on, put a wig on, um, but it looks really good. Um, unfortunately, I think we, you know we're dealing with people who are acting in a language that isn't their normal language, and you know that's some of them sort of struggle a little bit. Um, I will say that I was very impressed to see a friend of mine, uh, Lisa Ronahan, um playing the pregnant wife of uh, one of the two characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's uh, very good in that. And her sort of couple of little scenes. Um, and, uh, you know, there seems to be quite a big setup for something else, isn't there? It? Um, it, it seems to be like we're sort of jumped in at the middle of a story and this is sort of quite, kind of open-ended or ends on a cliffhanger for what's yeah, going to happen next.
0: Yeah, it's kind of... They've sort of released it as epi, like an episode one mm. kind of thing, so I think they're intending to do a series. Well, like, hopefully it won't... If, if it is a, like going to be a, a series, it won't be like that Mares Crump one that mm. we looked at, uh, Cash, the series, oh, of yeah, which yeah. the second episode has yet to materialise like a year later. Uh, so <laughs> it's uh, which is a bit crazy. Um, these guys uh, have worked together quite a lot. I think the they did... They did a film together previously called Dead End it was like a 5 minute film. All right. And and I couldn't I wasn't sure whether this was an expansion of that original film because it seemed to sort of cover some uh similar some ground. similar some similar ground or at least uh, sort of seem a bit similar. I don't think it is because I having I'm just sort of looking at it now to see what. Can't remember what it was about, but I just remember sort of they fight each other and that. But the uh, what the, I don't know what the characters' names were, but you got similar kinds of setup. So they're uh, both. It was like are they cops or are they agents? I can't remember. No,
1: well, I think somebody calls them cops at one point.
0: Yeah. So it's a buddy cops kind of situation, but it's what I really liked about it. Although the film itself is not distinctive enough to sort of stand out. I felt, Yeah. I mean, the, the fight scenes that were, uh, the action scenes are really good, but what was great was how they are, how they set up the different styles of, uh, dealing with the situation. Hmm. So Jean Paul Lee's character is very much a, I don't want to kill him. kind, And, but he will, you know, will do them serious damage. Uh, but, Laurent Plancel's character is like, I'm going in for the kill. Yeah. And so the the choreography is all about uh, getting the, those results for those yeah. characters. Mm-hmm. So Jean Paul Lee's kind of he's trying to avoid. He's he's pulling he's pulling his punches and stuff, and he's mm-hmm. you know turning his gun in a different direction or or using his fists. Whereas Plancel is kind of just doing the full on John Wick.
1: Yes, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's it's pretty full on. There's sort of, as I say, you got this sort of downtime period where you got sort of non-fighting characters coming in, and um, talking on phones and sort of explaining a bit of exposition and things like that. I, I, I was
0: I was glad for that though, because for you know when it first kicked off, it was kind of a bit like, is it just going to be like a really long fight? I mean, it was a long fight, too long. I felt that scene. Yeah. The, uh, uh, but then some more plot does come in and some more characters and that which are, uh, I appreciated.
1: Yeah. Um, I was just trying to sort of watch it in a hurry, basically, because obviously you need to get to watch it before this uh, episode. <laughs> and sort of. So it's just it. been re-
0: recently released, folks. It's only been out yeah. like a week, so uh, mm. it's uh, it's well worth uh, looking up. Uh, I think. See, a Lot of people work really hard on it.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And you know Jean Pauli, he is definitely an up and comer. Um, you know he he's um, definitely going to be up there with sort of Scott Atkins. I'd I'd love to see him up against Scott Atkins.
0: To be quite if honest, landed another big you know a proper big role by the end of the year. Uh, I'd be really surprised because you know he, he he sort of when did Jailbreak come out? Was it sometime last year? Sort yeah, of tail end of last year. Yeah. It, was it landed me. on Netflix. Yeah.
1: so yeah. that was a uh, last year on Netflix. Yeah.
0: So that was like a Cambodian film, wasn't it? Uh, uh, yeah, I
1: believe. Uh,
0: I think, and he, so, but he is—he's uh, mainly working in the UK lately. So, Night Shooters, one of the best films I think we've seen for a long time. Yes. And you know, so if you haven't saying, seen well, it yet, it, you it, must, it must check it out.
1: It was my second best film of 2018.
0: Yeah. So, and I—I uh, I, I, I saw it a bit later than you. I didn't get the chance mm. to see it for for a few more weeks but for Liminic, uh, it it's, it's more than lived up to the hype and John Paul Lee is a big part of that I mean he's not the main the only part of it the, the mm. film works for many reasons but he delivers you know and it, it's a good performance as well in that film you know he's good he's he's good at, He's good. developing well as an actor not just a stunt guy uh, and you know he's very busy with his stunt work and mm. and clearly trying to stretch as a an actor and as a director as well as a choreographer
1: yeah absolutely uh we should be next seeing him in vengeance 2 uh ross follow up to uh, vengeance um okay so we don't we don't score the the shorts um but we certainly recommend you check it out there will be a uh, link in the footnotes to this um to this podcast so yeah give it a look it's free it's time for our throwback um we're kind of cheating this week a little bit because Although this film did come out in 2013, um, it never got a release in the UK, uh, not, not on DVD or Blu-ray or anything, which was kind of surprising given the the pedigree of the film. Mm. Um, uh, but it has now finally turned up on Netflix, so you can go and have a look. This is Snowpiercer. It's um, a French film. Uh, well, it's kind oh. of in- it's, international. It's based, yeah. yeah. It's based, I'm pretty sure it's based on a French comic. Um, Ah. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, I may be totally wrong. I'm just checking the writers on here. Um, Yeah, it's based on La La Transpressione. Ah. But there you go. Um, So what's it about? It is set in um, a kind of a post-apocalyptic future, um, yeah, climate change has gone to shit. Day after um, tomorrow kind of thing. Yeah, day after tomorrow, and the only surviving humans are all aboard the Snowpiercer, a giant train which traverses the continent. Um, and within it, there is a cl- sort of very distinct class system. You've got the first class passengers at the front, and then you've got all the people who somehow sort of managed to get on the train at the last minute. Um, sort of taking up the back carriages and every now and again there's a revolt um, the people in the back want to sort of um, you know they they want better living conditions and things you know better food because all they're fed are these sort of weird sort of processed protein cubes um, so we've got the likes of Chris Evans and Jamie Bell Chris Evans of course from the Avengers, Jamie Bell from well if you go back far enough, Billy Elliot, but, you know, that's a way long way back. Uh, he's, he's done some really good films since. Um, Childa Swinton plays one of the bad guys in this, and uh, Ed Harris sort of turns up. But um, this is directed by um, Bong Joon-ho, who did the films like The Host and Memories of Murder. So a Korean director uh, with a French-based um, script and a international cast... Um, this. What do, what do you reckon of this, Richard? I, I, I really like this. It's fucking bleak, but I really did like it. Well,
0: yeah. The I, I've been hearing about this film ever since it basically came out. Was, I'm 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 sure I'm not imagining this that this is quite a a hype. It was quite a hyped film. It's it like, was it's yeah, kind yeah. of one of those films that you were waiting to come out mm. and waiting and waiting. And I can't think of another example of a film. With this, you know, as you say, with this sort of pedigree, with this mm. cast, with this budget taking this long to get released in the in the UK. And I think yeah. and I think it's probably finally come out because um, Bong, Joon, Bong Joon-ho did Okja, with, right. uh, which was released on Netflix. And yeah. so that's probably was the sort of seed to finally getting Snowpiercer in, into the UK. Um and it did not disappoint. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's, it's a bit like when we were talking about uh, replicas, it's mad. It's a bit mad, you know, it's a bit, it's very silly, but it takes itself very seriously. Well, at times it does anyway. Um, okay. the, there's some bits that are just completely intentionally absurd. Yeah. Uh, like, um, so you, you start off in the very bleak, uh, rear of the train and say it's got this interesting sort of class structure. Uh, the the theme of the movie, the whole film takes place on the train so this sort of you know you, you think of things like you know uh, Murder on the Orient Express or even to a certain extent something like Under Siege Two uh, Train to Busan maybe I haven't seen that but but so the the it's a sort of an ensemble on a cut on a on this isolated sort of environment but you move through the carriages and it's just mad mm. the the sort of the stylistic changes in that, that happen with it, both visually and you know, sort of costumes and and that, but also stylistically. So yeah, we that, get a yeah, we that get that some really.
1: Bit where the um, as you say, you know, they move from carriage to carriage and he's kind of waiting, thinking, "Oh my God, what's this, what's going to happen next? You know, what's yeah. what's this going to open up to?" And there's one bit where they come across these guys in masks, yeah, with, with, the, with these with these fish, and they sort of you know stabbing the fish with the, the with the blades to sort of you know, I don't know, get some poison on them or something. You know, it's just you know what the fuck's going on in this film at times
0: the fact that it's based on a you know graphic novel or comic book or whatever does does help make sense of the sort of sheer ludicrousness of of Mm. some of it um but it keeps it fresh it's kind of one of those films you just you don't know what's going to happen in the next bit although to a certain extent it's a very standard story Uh, you know we've seen that kind of the journey the hero takes uh, which is who in this case is Chris Evans? Yeah. Where he ends up, uh, you know, me, uh, he's trying to. It's almost, it's kind of. It's got very bold ambitions. It's it's like about class, but it's also about religion, and he's almost fighting his way to God, hmm. sort of thing. A bit like William Shatner in Star Trek Five yeah. or whatever it was. You know, he's kind of he's kind of making this yeah. journey from the underworld. Hmm. In the back carriage where it's, you know, horrible and awful or whatever, and he's condemned and he's trying to get to, you know, the light uh, and uh, sort of take control and be be the hero and stuff like that. So it's a typical hero's journey kind of story, but done in this very confined space Hmm. where essentially it's unlike any other train in the world. I mean, I don't think, especially in the circumstances that they find themselves in, as in the last survivors managing to move, you know, rope. Constantly go around the world on a train track that that just constantly never gets derailed or anything, and there's all this uh, like there's decadence, there's uh, you know strange things. Uh, You get um, one of you get these really bizarre characters, one of who is brilliantly played by Tilda Swinton. She's great, and she just she's kind of breaks through that sort of veneer, that's that the grimy grittiness of the film, and just you just. Stuff you know brings the humour into it because it's just such a weird, um, like she's she's northern,
1: yeah, it's, it's got <laughs> northern, like, almost like and, Yorkshire uh, accent, um, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So and she's like the mouthpiece for the uh, um, the,
1: yeah, the the leader time.
0: of the, yeah. the the train, you know, who's the guy who's running the train, so, uh, who you don't get to see. Uh, it's like it's all a mystery, and it's yeah, I loved it.
1: It is it is visually striking. Um, the action's really good in it. You know, um, but you can't.
0: You know, well, something. I, another thing I was going to say. The the two films that came to mind mm. when I think about it, um, High Rise, which was a recently oh, yeah. released film with Tom Hiddleston, Tom Hiddleston yeah. where yeah. you've got this high rise building and you've got the poor people at the bottom and the rich people at the top and there's all sorts of weird characters and stuff. Yeah. So that's very similar, uh, based on the JG Ballard. But mm old book, but the other one was the raid, which is again a building, mm-hmm. and they're fighting their way through the building, and it's kind of just those concepts put on a train instead. For me.
1: Yeah, but there is, there's some interesting sort of character nuances throughout as well. You know, there's some some really horrific revelations that you know that, that, that come out of it. Um, yeah,
0: really dark stuff.
1: <laughs> it's some really dark stuff, and there's, there's a scene at the beginning. Oh, towards the beginning, where like Tilda Swinson's character comes up, and they're looking for a, a particular child of a certain height and all the rest of it, and you have no idea why they're doing it, and then at the end you find out why, uh, and it's like, oh god, you know, <laughs> and it's it's kind of like you can see the twisted logic why they, you know, because obviously we need the train to keep running and things like this, and. But it's it's again it's just like oh my god you know that's that's how bad things have actually got.
0: And the revelations about the character as well. The yeah one exactly. one of them uh, Chris Evans sort of counterpoint in the movie is the uh, no, I don't know what I don't know his name uh, the Korean actor who oh, yeah. was the lead in The Host I believe.
1: That's right, yeah, so,
0: uh, yeah. So and he's uh, they don't do really he doesn't speak English in the film so he's mm-hmm. kind of subtitled and. The, the, they have to, he has there's like this translation like this convenient translation device that yeah, yeah. that they introduce to just say oh yeah um whenever he speaks it will automatically translate and everyone will understand mm. kind of a uh, babe fish kind of thing yeah, but, baby
1: <laughs> fish, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so there's stuff going on with him and he's got a um he, they basically break him out of prison like break yeah. him out of prison. Uh, and feed him drugs (laughs) to get to, to help him get to the front of the train and and stuff. And, and, you know, we get character revelations about him. We get character revelations about um, Chris Evans' character, very notably. And, you know, discovering who the, who these, who a lot of these people are, you know, and how much time is, I don't know. There's a lot going on in it.
1: It's
0: a really dense film. uh, And, yeah i can't recommend it enough really it offers so much on so many different levels
1: absolutely um definitely definitely check it out um i'm gonna have to give this one an eight out of ten
0: yeah and i'm gonna give it a, a nine i think
1: wow cool all right yeah definitely check out this it's on netflix um snow piercer it's taken ages to get here it's been, what, six years to finally get a proper release um but it, it really does deliver check it out <laughs> It's the last part of the show, so it's over to Rich with the washing up.
0: Now, since we've recorded last time, there have been about 65 releases.
1: Hmm.
0: Now, we're not going to talk about all those because we'd be here forever and we need to get some sleep. Absolutely. So what we're going to do is we're just going to do what we usually do and focus on what's coming up this week. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, I just want to give a passing mention, though, to a couple that, I, that I've been able to catch, uh, one of which was Death Kiss, which was the Robert Kovacs, you know, Charles Bronson lookalike yeah. movie, uh, which was, which is, it's all right. Uh, it's not ba- it's not bad. It's it's, it's not particularly, I wouldn't say it's good, hmm. but, it, you know, kind of what do you expect for what what's on, on the table there? Unfortunately, the guy, uh, Robert Kovacs, is dubbed, which was detrimental to the film.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree. In
0: my yeah. View. Uh, you've seen it as well, have you, Mike?
1: Yeah, I, I yeah. thought it was okay. But it, 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 you know, it, it meanders.
0: Yeah, uh, there's uh, kind of some of it doesn't make it. For example, the uh, Daniel Baldwin, I think, is like a radio host, and that and yeah, that, that kind of keeps keeps coming back to it. And it's a kind of a bit pointless, and then there's it's a like little a bit shock jock it. sort of thing, isn't it? It's
1: sort of a very right wing sort of shock jock kind of guy.
0: Yeah, hmm. and uh, the it didn't seem to make a whole you know he's running the commentary basically of the film yeah. and there's like a reveal at the end and it's just, uh, it didn't really work for me anyway a much better film that i implore everyone to watch is the bouncer with jean-claude van damme Ah,
1: uh, i have this i have this ready to watch at some point
0: because the um, as anyone who's watched some of van damme's recent stuff will know uh, when he did uh, jcbd mm-hmm. he really pushed the envelope in what he was capable of as a dramatic actor uh, he's, as well as a com, as well as sort of poking fun at himself as well. And we've seen that developed in the Amazon series that he did, Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Yep. Which was incredible. I watched it again recently. Really good. I mean, again, something that shows Van Down's you know, range that he's capable of in just that series. You know, he was doing yeah. comedy, doing really heartfelt drama in, in quite a, you know, a very complex series. Um, and the bouncer focuses on that dramatic, skills, those dramatic skills that he's developed. And it's really well made. It's another film where it's uh, he's shot it in the French language, but uh, it's dubbed into English. But he dubs himself. So a bit like Jackie Chan in Bleeding Steel. Yeah. It kind of works. It's actually done quite well, I thought. And some of the other dubbing is, you know, reasonable as well. So I don't mind that. I would have preferred a subtitled version. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy with what we got. It's it's really, really good. Uh, and, I, and I heartily recommend it. Cool. So... Uh, Onto this week's releases Now there was gonna there was supposed to be a film called Escape from Cannibal Farm coming out. It's not Uh, Amazon have it listed uh, They had it listed uh, As of this uh, recording, but uh, it's not coming out. Uh, It has been confirmed from the distributor, that it definitely isn't so uh, Moving on to what is out. uh, We've got Ravenswood Asylum, which I believe was first called Ravenswood uh, and this is another one with a quite generic cover of a, of a spooky building. So it looks a lot like the cover of Haunting a Bawley Rectory and other similar sort of films, really. What do you think, Mike?
1: Um, I, I really don't know much about this one, to be quite no, honest. Rich.
0: No, That's fair enough. It, okay. It's based on terrifying true events, apparently, according to TH Terror Time. And the, there are real ghosts here, say Geek Legion of Doom. Uh, I'm not I'm not sold personally. The 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 new UK artwork is a lot better than the original artwork that was that was uh, released. I think it's a pretty low budget kind of affair. Mm -hmm. Uh, What does the top bit say? Oh, it says a cast member has vowed never to return to set after being spooked on so what is it I've got, it's, the thing's slightly obscured by my graphic but it's something from the Daily Mail basically because they say oh a ghost whispered in his ears now I was trying to find this Daily Mail article that mentioned this uh, but uh, I was unable to but that, that that was kind of weird because it's really nothing to do with it's not even put in context. It just says a cast member has vowed to, <laughs> never to return to the set after a, a ghost whispered in his ear or something.
1: I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure there's plenty of cast members in plenty of films who vowed never to return to their, <laughs> their first films or whatever.
0: What's Next something? one. Yes, we've got a film that features Gary Daniels. It turned up on Amazon uh, Prime uh, a few weeks ago under its original title, Astro, and now it's coming to DVD as Astro A.D., uh, with with the type, with the tagline, be careful what you search for, uh, like a picture of an astronaut. And I remember watching the trailer, and it's kind of a bit weird. And there's a little bit of an Avatar kind of thing with Gary Daniels' right. father as an alien or something. <laughs> I don't know. It looks a bit strange. but I do want to see it at some point. Cool. Have you heard, have you heard about it?
1: I haven't. Uh, I'm going to be I'm going to be quite clueless on this. It's, it's that's fair
0: enough. it means mean it's quick for us and we can get yeah, to bed.
1: That's
0: right. <laughs> so next up is uh, one called Foxtrot. This is a, a sort of a prestige v- VOD. Now, uh, uh, the, so the next one is called Foxtrot. Uh, this was a, say, occurs on artificial eye job. So, you, you know, the, what uh, um, Like an art house company, basically. Anyway, moving on. Now, I'm really interested in this one. Uh, you might have heard of it, Mike. It was originally called Asher. And it stars Ron Perlman, Ron Perlman and it's yes. directed by Michael Caton-Jones, who, who did stuff like um, Basic Instinct 2, yep. and it's coming out under the title of Hitman Redemption.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. What is, what, why do they do this? Well, I know why they do it, you know why they do it, but I just hate them doing it. Just leave the title alone. You're not. Is it going to help? Do you think it's going to help calling it Hitman Redemption?
0: It's kind of, they're just going for like the most obvious description. Yeah,
1: put, put, put some catchphrases in a hat and just pull them at random. <coughs> Asher what? sounds a bit more interesting. Ron Perlman, yes, I am aware of this film. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but, but I want to. It's, it's on my list of things to
0: see. I was just sort of, I, I mean, when I originally saw it, it said Ron Perlman, Hitman. Okay, fair enough. Ron Perlman's done B movies and stuff. Hmm. But then I looked it up and it said Michael Cate and Jones. And I was just like... What? <laughs> it's like, I mean, that's a you know, a, it it takes the film to another level. So and then I'm looking it up seeing that it was originally called Asher and stuff. I think and from from a, the executive producer of Mudbound, it says, which gives it some pedigree. Kind of the person who sort of, basically it sort of implies that the person who bankrolled Mudbound kind of put their money behind this. Yeah. So. Absolutely. I'm very interested uh, to, to see what it is that. Ron Perlman, very diverse actor. You know, we've seen him in low-budget stuff, we've seen him in big-budget stuff, we've seen him in big roles and small roles. He's done it all. He's like he's like the consummate, you know, the, uh, character actor basically. Absolutely,
1: uh, and and I, I will give them credit. Um, they've they've done the a decent cover for it. Uh,
0: moving on to another sort of low budget, uh, sort of low key movie. This is called Just Friends. This is out from Peccadillo Pictures. Uh, this is, uh, uh, I believe it's kind of a, a relationship drama. Don't really know anything about it. I think it's uh, from Turkey. I can't remember. I, I did research all these, but I cannot remember for the life of me where this film is from. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, moving on. Ah, Now, this one I want to see. Uh, Swingin' Safari with Guy Pearce and Kylie Minogue, or featuring Kylie Minogue, at least. I don't think she's actually in it that much. I'm not sure. But uh, I saw the trailer for this. Uh, sometime last year uh, And I've kind of been waiting for it to come out ever since Because it just looks a lot of fun It's set in the 70s It's got a really great cast uh, Including, uh, say, Kai Pierce Kai Minogue you know,
1: yeah.
0: Old Stars of Neighbours And Julian McMahon Who was uh, in uh, He was like Doctor Doom in the Fantastic Four movies And um uh, Tuck Was like the most You know, his his signature role in that. And I never knew he was Australian until quite recently. So uh, that's quite interesting. So um, have you heard about this one at all? Uh, No,
1: I hadn't heard of that one at all,
0: mate. Yeah, so it's like a, it's a 70s set comedy, so there's loads of like big big beards and and moustaches and and stuff in it. (laughs) And uh, by all accounts, I've heard it's pretty good. Now, cashing in on the upcoming release of Aladdin, Uh uh, who else but The Asylum, With their with the adventures of Aladdin, a very nondescript-looking cover that's intentionally using the purple and gold color scheme Mm. to try and hoodwink uh, viewers. Uh, There's no mention of who is in the film uh, on the on on this particular cover, but uh, I don't expect it's going to be an epic. No, I
1: don't think
0: so. I I think, but uh, I'm sure it's going to do very well in the supermarket. Uh, and another film, uh, I think it's the last one we've got, oh no, not the last one, the second last one I think, there's a film called The Skin of the Teeth which is again sort of an art house one that's from TLA Releasing, don't really know anything about that one uh, and Human Me uh, from which has got Elliot Gould and Jermaine Clement uh, who was in What We Do in the Shadows All right. uh, and that seems to be kind of a quirky indie movie from what I can gather. Uh, yeah. Life Life is a joke worth living, is the tagline. Weird. Uh, and Elliot Gould from echo club didn't even realize he was still around. <laughs> He's quite uh, so nice. quite nice alive,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, quite, you know, the last thing I saw him in was like Friends. That's right. You know, <laughs> I think it was like Ross's dad or something. That's but, right, uh, yeah. This was supposed to have got released uh, originally like two two months ago or something, and then it kind of, it just it wasn't showing up. It disappeared, and they rescheduled it. I think. So, enough, yeah. as far as I'm aware, it is coming out this time. <laughs> Although, who knows? It might not actually by the because t- we're recording this the day before it's due out. So, <laughs> we shall see. So, quite again, quite a diverse mix. The world of DV TV is always, uh, you know, giving us very interesting stuff
1: to look at. Absolutely. And that is the end of the show. Um, thanks to Rich for joining me once again back in the saddle All um, right. as, as we sort of venture on into the DTV world. Um, loads and loads of good stuff heading our way. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. Um, we will have this episode. No, i start again. Thank you for listening, everyone. And um, our next episode should be up in about two weeks' time.